What's going on, everybody? Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And today we've got a special Halloween episode. I'm really excited for this. Uh, hopefully everybody has a great Halloween. Um, eat a lot of candy. And I haven't heard too many uh, killer clown stories going around this year, so that's good. But <laughs> on, my, <laughs> on my intro slide here, I've got a lot of scary pictures I put up. Uh, some zombies, you know, coming from the graves. And then I've got Dave Caldwell, the general manager of the Jaguars, because he scares me a lot. And I've got the team's <laughs> record up here, one and six. That's pretty scary. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> happy Halloween. Now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. What's going on, guys? I'm Connor, the co-host with The Most, and I uh, I decided to go with the Grim Reaper. I've always thought the Grim Reaper was pretty cool. I dressed up as the Grim Reaper one year for Halloween, and... I was pretty happy. I found some pretty cool pictures. Uh, I got this like Steelers picture with like the jack-o'-lantern kind of holding the moon and the Steelers logo in the middle. So I thought that was pretty cool. And then the skeleton hockey player with the the Hurricanes logo that he's holding there. So, but uh, yeah, I'm excited for Halloween. I know it, it's my girlfriend's favorite holiday. So, um, you know, going to have some fun on Halloween and I'm excited for this episode for sure. What's going on, y'all? Eric, your ranting co-host here. Uh, I'm a pretty big fan of both Batman and the Joker, so I went with a Arkham Asylum theme here with mine. And uh, Reese's are my favorite candy, so I had to, of course, throw a Halloween's big time on candy, obviously. So I had to have some Reese's in there. Uh, definitely excited to get into this episode here, and I'm really hoping for my sake that I can uh, turn it around on the lockboard this week. What's up, guys? It's Nate here. Um, for my monster, I chose the uh, creature from the Black Lagoon just because um, I always thought he was kind of cool looking and um, a little bit different and spooky there. So um excited to have that. And I put a picture of, if you're watching on YouTube, I got a picture of Brian Dawkins and Derek Henry on my slide just because... Um, if I was an NFL player, I would definitely not uh, get a whole lot of sleep the night before playing those guys. I'd, I'd be, <laughs> I have to say, I'd be pretty scared of those too. So, um, oh for sure, especially yeah. if you're, especially if you're Josh Norman. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I bet he's still having nightmares about that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Wonder <laughs> how An- Andrew Winger feels on this picture that you have here. My yeah. God. <laughs> <laughs> how, how's that not a penalty? I, I swear, man. Like. If a defender did that, like there'd be ten flags. <laughs> oh boy, yeah, he's right. getting abused. <laughs> I know. Okay, guys. So we'll start out always around the shield. Uh, everything, and if you're watching on YouTube, and I recommend YouTube for this one, we got all Halloween themed throughout the throughout the slide. So enjoy it if you really like Halloween. But uh, Connor, I'll let you take away what we're going to be doing for the around the shield part of this episode. Yeah, so this week we're doing a bit of a spin on the uh, buy or sell that we did in week two. So um, obviously Halloween theme, we're going to go trick or treat. And Zach has written up some pretty uh, spooky, scary descriptions for these different uh, um, things that we're doing here. So I'm excited to see where everybody stands on them. And I got to like <clears throat> clear my throat here so I can pull out the... I don't know if it's gonna be a spooky voice, but it's, it's gonna be, okay. It's okay. It's gonna be more like the um, like the guy who does the movie trailers, like you know, like sort of like that. So yeah, just, just do whatever. <laughs> All right. Oh, I just hope you. I just hope you guys like these uh, these topics. 
the way I yeah, presented Yeah, I thought it was interesting when I was reading them. I thought it was pretty <laughs> cool. So, all right. <clears throat> Number one. After getting some time off and getting some treatment, Sam Darnold no longer has the paranormal visions he once had. This new confidence actually causes the Jets to win a game? Trick or treat. <laughs> All right. Okay. Nate, did you move yours? My, uh, yeah, my slides are acting up here. It should be going over there. <laughs> let me get off my wi-fi real quick i'm doing it on my phone so i have to okay well i'll I'll just uh start with ours before we get to nate's but um okay so for those who who don't understand the trick or treat aspect to this um trick means that uh we don't believe it and then treat means that it'll happen like eating the treats um so in this case the the uh Jets winning a game. Um, I'll start with Eric over here as the lone treat. Why do you? Why is this uh, a treat for you, Eric? Yeah, I'm not gonna say this is a hundred percent treat, but and I definitely, if it happens, I don't necessarily think it'll just be because of Sam Darnold. But I mean, the Jets have to win a game at some point, right? I mean, <laughs> uh, 16, I don't know. <laughs> Owen sixteen has not happen very often and they actually put up a respectable fight at least defensively against the bills yesterday so that that game gave me a little bit of confidence that they could win a game at some point so i think they have to at one point i mean i'm not 100 percent convinced but yeah i feel like they have to win one you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I i'm on the the trick side of this one I, their schedule is just incredibly difficult uh so and the team is so bad too it just seems like they're not gonna win any games in my opinion but connor what about you yeah i mean it's it is really hard to pick a team to go 0 and 16 because i mean i don't really remember what the 08 Lions season was like if they had any like close games where they almost won but like i know obviously with the browns in 2017 they had that game against the end of the year that they should have won against the Steelers, but on that like fourth down, the Browns receiver dropped the pass when he was wide open. So um, that was a close one. And then I remember, I think it was like 2013 or 2014, maybe 2012, when the Dolphins were like 0 and 14 going into week 16, mm -hmm. but then they managed to pull out a victory. So um, it is really hard for it's almost like you have to try to go 0 and 16 yeah. sometimes, but. <laughs> Yeah, I agree with Zach. But like, I think they only have like one or two more winnable games on their schedule. Which one of those is against the Dolphins? And I mean, if we if they play anything like they did against the Dolphins last yeah. time, then <laughs> that's not going to happen. So I think yeah. I, I was like looking at their schedule the other day. I mean, I was like, I said like the only winnable game that they probably have left besides that is like maybe their game at home against the Patriots. Like if the Patriots keep it up, but I don't think they'll keep it up. So oh, and sixteen. Call yeah, <laughs> Nate, Nate uh, what did what did we miss picking the Jets to go 0-16? Anything? <laughs> <Are> you... <laughs> um, not that I can think of. Um, I mean, I think, yeah, you basically got on there. There's not very good. <laughs> yeah, really. All right, let's go with the next one. All right, number two. The clowns are gone. The bells have rung for the last time. Frankenstein Rudolph is contained. With a fierce defense eating alive quarterbacks and an offense scary as Ben Roethlisberger on a motorcycle, 
are the Steelers Super Bowl favorites? Trick or treat. Okay, so we've all moved our positions around a little bit. Eric and I are leaning on the trick side of that question that Connor asked, and uh, Connor and Nate are on the treat side. So let's start with uh, let's start with why the uh, why that you guys think that they are Super Bowl favorites. Let's start with that Connor, obviously, on this one. <laughs> well, I'm not gonna. Say, I'm definitely not gonna say that they're like the outright favorites right now because obviously there's still the Ravens and the Chiefs and the AFC, which. I think the Chiefs have really shown that they're vulnerable, like given they had that game against the Chargers and they had that game against the um, <clears throat> against the not the Ravens, the Raiders. So the Chiefs are definitely vulnerable. And so I'm not quite as worried about them as I was before. It's more so I want to see this week um, how the Steelers do against the Ravens. If the Steelers beat the Ravens, then my picture would probably go to the end of the spectrum because um, I definitely think that the Steelers can contend with any NFC team. Uh, the only one that really worries me right now is maybe like either Seattle or Tampa Bay um, would be the ones that worry me. So, but I say they're at least AFC title game favorites, but not yet Super Bowl favorites right now. All right. Uh, Nate, you were also with Connor on that one, a little bit less uh, on the treat side, but what else uh, scares you about the Steelers? Yeah, um, I put it in the middle because I don't think they're, um, like Connor said, I don't think they're favorites for the Super Bowl, but I definitely think um, as of right now, they look like the best team in the AFC the way they beat the Titans this week. And I think, like what Connor said, if they beat the Ravens um, this coming Sunday, it'll definitely go a long way towards um, making them favorites. I think they can beat any team in the NFL. I just don't know you know, if they made it to the Super Bowl, if I think Tampa and uh, Seattle could definitely um give them a push there so it'll definitely be interesting to see but i think yeah. they got a good shot at it okay um eric you and i were on the trick side so i'll let you say what team you think is more of a favorite than us than the steelers right now and we'll see if uh we agree i think i know what zach says before he says anything but <laughs> eric <laughs> yeah i i didn't fully go to the trick side here i obviously think they have a chance i mean they're one of the two undefeated teams but actually um, they're the only undefeated team left <laughs> oh that's why the seahawks lost uh but uh i guess i was man if you if we had asked me this question like at halftime of the you know game excuse me the game yesterday against the titans i would have probably been more on the treat side i it worried me a little bit the way the Titans came back in the second half of that game and Roethlisberger started struggling and he just, he does that sometimes where he has these games where he struggles in certain situations. And I don't know if they're going to be able to put it together for a playoff run. Connor said, he's not worried about the chiefs. I, I, I would still be pretty worried about them, but um, yeah, I've got the chiefs and the Seahawks as the two favorites right now. So I, but Pittsburgh's definitely moved up for me, but I just don't quite have them there yet. <laughs> okay, let's see real quick uh, if Connor's guess is right. Uh, Connor, what was what's your guess for me going to be? The Bucks. <laughs> yeah, you're right there. <laughs> I've got um, yeah, it's tough. I I've got the Steelers like neck and neck with the Chiefs between two and three, but the way the Bucks have been playing recently, I've got the Bucks in uh in first for the the Super Bowl odds. But um, 
let's uh let's see what the next one is these are starting to get spooky (laughs) 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 well there's no jaguars on here so it can't be that spooky that's true that would scare (laughs) that would scare everybody i'd have to put a disclaimer i was like guys i can't talk about the jaguars again (laughs) all right in a northern viking town a loch ness monster has returned to the waters and started murdering sailors Rumors are spreading that this terror will go away for them if they just sacrifice Kirk Cousins. Should the Vikings bench Kirk Cousins, trick or treat? Ooh. I'm trying to like get myself right in the middle. <laughs> okay, yeah. All right, so uh so basically how we have it right now, um Connor like he said is dead in the middle of this. Eric is on the treat side. Um, wanting them to bench Kirk Cousins, and then me and Nate are on the the trick side for not benching. And my thing for not benching is, um, you know, the sailors. Hopefully, they're okay in that northern Viking town. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but I just don't see a replacement for Kirk Cousins. Like I know quarterbacks come from nowhere sometimes, but uh, to me, I just don't think they have a viable second string quarterback on their team to be. Uh, worthy and, and Kirk Cousins got that fully guaranteed contract, so that makes it even tougher um, to really move on from him. And if you bench him, you basically have to move on from him, in my opinion. So that's why I'm on the trick side. Um, let me hear from uh, Connor in the middle on this one. Why were you torn about this, Connor? Yeah, for me, it's basically that like I definitely think it's something they should do, but like you said, there's no like viable option. That's like their backup quarterback is Sean Mannion. Like I just looked that up. So, um, I mean, it's more so I think what, why I'm in the middle is cause I think they should do it. And I think what they should do is maybe see if they can find like a, I don't know if there's any like free agent quarterbacks out there or make a trade for a quarter, like just like a seventh or sixth round pick for like a different quarterback. Josh because, Rosen. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I don't know. But I mean, cause like the offensive pieces are there for the Vikings. Like they have, they still have Dalvin cook. They have Adam Thielen. Like, you know, the offensive pieces are there. It just seems like Kirk cousins has been the one mm-hmm. costing them these games with all the interceptions he's throwing. So, um, yeah, until they get a, another quarterback, I'm going to stay in the middle, but it's definitely a good idea on their part, in my opinion, because he's just like, he has not been worth the money that they gave him. Yeah. Um, Eric, you're in uh, full support of this. You must really believe those rumors of, uh, uh, of a uh, sacrifice. No. <laughs> obviously very concerned for the sailors. And uh, the, the reason why I put it is because when the... When the Vikings traded Johnny Kangakwe the other day, that just signaled to me that they're throwing the season and, you know, they're throwing in the towel on the season because you don't just give away a second-round pick for a guy like that and then not even halfway through your first season with when you're 1-5, and five, like, get rid of him. You know what I mean? Like, they, the Vikings have not had a good year this year. Kirk Cousins has been terrible i mean i do have to agree they don't it's not like they have a great option behind them or anything but it seems to me like the vikings are done with this year anyway so why not see if sean Mannion can do anything or like connor said see if you can bring in somebody to you know fill out the roster or something because i think they move on from Kirk cousins after the end of this year anyway so 
I don't see what the point and keep throwing him out there is when he can barely hit a little board when he was doing his gender reveal thing. I mean, (laughs) you know, that's not good news for the sailors. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. I just, I just don't think he's very good and it, they need to move on from him. Even if they don't pinch him this season, like by next season, he needs to be gone because I think he kind of single-handedly is holding the team back. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All right, uh, these are getting spookier and spookier. Let's uh, let's yeah. hear the next one. <laughs> All right, well, no lives are at stake here this time, so <clears throat> that's good. Oh, <laughs> a little a, less spooky one this time. <laughs> a surprising group of young Panthers have banded together and are starting to prey on the birds of the league. Do these young cats make the playoffs? Trick or treat? <clears throat> Okay, I think I've seen everybody's move now. Um, man, I've I've been tricking all night. Uh, <laughs> Eric is on my side as well, and then uh, Nate and Connor are on the treat side with this. And and for me, this is if you'd asked this a couple weeks ago, I would definitely be on the treat side. This uh, this young group of Panthers, you know, they're starting to scare some people, especially those bird teams. I, I looked on the schedule; they've beaten some bird teams. Um, Man, so I watch mean, out! Natural prey, right there. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, wish some other cats could uh, do that, but yeah, no. Well, 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 yeah, and just the jaguars. We don't need any Bengals doing that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the to me, this team's impressed me. But losing the last two weeks, like they have, they've been close, but. I the schedule does get a little bit more difficult and I don't think they end up making the playoffs even with that extra spot. Uh Eric, you're also in agreement with me here. Yeah, I mean I'm in the pretty much the exact same boat here. I mean I, I do give the Panthers a lot of credit. They're playing a lot better than I think most people thought they would. And, you know, we kind of thought they were gonna be in a similar position that the Jaguars are in, but uh but while they're doing better than that, I just I don't quite think they're good enough just yet to make a playoff run uh but i mean we have a lot of panthers fans on this podcast so if they do i'll be happy for them yeah but, uh, <laughs> they can't win a super bowl before my jaguars do but uh, you know they can, they, can the playoffs, they can make the playoffs that's cool but i just don't think it's going to happen quite yet but if i'm a panthers fan though i would be very excited about the direction the team is heading yeah um so yeah we got a lot of panthers fans so how about uh, Nate and Connor gas them up real quick? Uh, Nate, you can start first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> hopefully be encouraging to the Panthers fans. Um, I think I'm in the middle. I'm not saying, like, I definitely think they're going to, you know, win the NFC South, make the playoffs. But I think with the extra playoff spot this year, I think they've got a decent chance. Their schedule is definitely hard going forward, but they've got, like, the Vikings. They've got the football team. They've got the Broncos. They've got the Lions. So it's like... There's, there's definitely like you know they might drop the game to the Bucks and the Packers, but I think the they've got the schedule that is you know manageable enough for them to um, control their own destiny and make it in. So I'm not going to count them out at all at this point. Yeah, I mean I've I think that extra playoff spot is the main reason why I'm like all the way on the treat side is because for me just like watching them over the past few weeks. I mean like Zach and Eric have said they've been a lot better than we uh, than we thought they would. And, yeah, I mean, they were close to being the Bears and close to being the Saints, but one thing that they haven't been without this whole time for a long time is Christian McCaffrey. 
And once he comes back, their offense is going to be lethal. I mean, Mike Davis has been good, but he's no Christian McCaffrey. So I think, and also like Nate was saying, looking at their schedule, like they definitely have probably three games on here that I would call like automatic losses. Like they're playing the Chiefs, they're playing the Buccaneers. I mean, unless they can, they are at home against the Buccaneers. So who knows if they could pull off something and then they're playing the Packers on the road. So those are probably all losses, but um, like Nate said, they're playing the Vikings and the Broncos and the football team, and they have a game against the Lions, and they're playing the Falcons this week. So, and I think they can definitely. That's a bird. They're praying on those birds, and they're about to be praying on some horses and other cats too. But um, yeah, and then and then also they close the season at home against the Saints, which I mean, if they can come within three points of being the Saints on the road, then I think they definitely have a chance at home. So, and like Nate said, especially with that extra playoff spot, I mm-hmm. think it's a really good chance that they make the playoffs. Okay, let's uh, let's hear the next one. All right. After four weeks, it looked like the Wild Buffalo of New York were starting to make a comeback. But after being slaughtered for sport by Chiefs and Titans and almost being bombed by Jets, these Bison are losing confidence that they can repopulate the East. Are the Bills actually going to miss the playoffs? Trick or treat. Okay. All right. So we're all, this is one where we all are pretty much all in agreement. Um, anyone want to speak for the group on the, on why we don't believe this uh, and why we're tricking? <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'll just say like my yeah. main reason is the AFC East. Like mm-hmm. yeah. the jets are garbage. The Patriots have not been looking good at all. Like they, if they keep this up and the Patriots are headed for a, like their first losing season in a long time. And then, um, I just I don't know if the Dolphins are good enough to beat like some of the better teams in the AFC. Like they've had some good performances, but two of their wins came against the Jaguars and the Jets. So like, um, I just think they're the Bills aren't going to be bad enough to lose the AFC East to these three teams. Yep. All right. So we, I think we all we all agree with that. Let's uh, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, man. Hopefully, those uh, that bison population can repopulate on the East. Cause... I, I know there's some magnificent creatures, dude. Like. I've seen a lot of them. I've seen a lot of them, uh, you know, out west sometimes. But you know, they, you know, they, Josh they, Allen came from Wyoming. Yeah, so you're that's right. That's a good so. sign. That's a good. Sign. <laughs> All right. Oh, Caleb, my girlfriend's not going to like this one if she uh, listens to this podcast. But <laughs> the witches up in New England are finally starting to lose some of their powers and are slowly turning human. Will this be the end of their leader, Witch Belichick? Trick or treat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah kind of put mine where Zach's is <laughs> trying to see the the face yeah, there, there we go <laughs> I mean okay. he doesn't have a face so that's true that's true <laughs> all right everybody make make their moves yeah yep. yeah okay so this is interesting we're uh Connor and I are more on the middle on this and then Eric and Nate are on the uh the full trick side um that witch Belichick though Nate knows a lot about him, uh, mm. so Nate, uh, you're you're not uh, you're not buying this here. Uh, how come? Yeah, I mean, I just um, I think they're definitely having a bad start to the season. Uh, if Cam, if they can't get Cam uh, going again like the way he looked the first couple of games, definitely not going to end well for them. But I don't think this is the end for Belichick. I mean, I think um, he knew that Brady was going to leave. I think 
you know, even last season. So I'm, I don't think he would have stuck around uh, knowing they were going to, into a semi-rebuild and not be prepared for it. So I think um, whatever happens this season, I think he's still going to stay around and um, we'll see what happens, you know, the rest of the games in next year. But uh definitely don't think it's the end for <laughs> for Witch Belichick. <laughs> um, <laughs> sure, a little bit of tricks. Nice, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Eric, uh, you're also in the agreements with Nate. Um, how many more years do you think Bel- uh, which Belichick has left? <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, I think what's going to really determine what he does is probably after the next offseason, depending on what kind of talent they have on the team. And if he you know, feels like he can win with that team, then he'll stick around and keep going. And then you know, maybe if not, then maybe – Maybe that's when he calls it quits, but I don't know. I guess I'm, I mean, obviously I don't follow the Patriots as closely as Nate does. Nate might be able to answer that one a little better than me, but I, I'm yeah. sure he'll probably go for a few more years. I don't think he's going to retire after this year. Yeah. Um, I'm, I picked more in the middle here because I just think with him, the thing is, is he can fill the rest of the team, but it's the quarterback that like we never because he's had Brady basically his whole coaching career in New England. So uh, and they don't have an apparent answer to the future of that position because Stidham hasn't shown that, OK, Stidham's the guy. Cam definitely has started to show that, OK, he's not the guy. So we'll see what happens in the draft. I definitely think he comes back next year. That's why I'm not on the treat side. But I do think his years are numbered and uh, he could retire in a couple of years i could see that happening um if they don't get the quarterback fix connor you agree with me on that yeah i mean my biggest thing really is that um more so that in which is mind that he doesn't have anything left to prove like mm-hmm. you know it's not like he needs to stick around to cement his legacy like oh i need like i need like one more super bowl mm-hmm. or you know something like that to cement my legacy like his legacy is already cemented as the greatest coach in the history of the league so um i think it's more so like if he like you said if he doesn't have a competitive team and they can't fix it next season then like there's no incentive for him to stick around because i mean like i said he doesn't have anything to prove and if they're not going to be winning then like you know why not just pass the torch on and let the future happen in new england yeah, yeah, and uh, I think Witch McDaniel's might might be waiting for that too. So yeah, no, he he, he really uh he ca- he cast a spell on the Colts. He thought that they were gonna oh yeah uh, he cast a illusion spell on the Colts, saying he was gonna go there, but then it was like nope. <laughs> All right, let's, All right. Uh, let's hear the the next one. <laughs> There's finally hope for sports in the city of Cleveland, and it looks like Mayfield can lead the Browns to the playoffs for the first time since Witch Belichick. However. Charlie Brown is canceled this year, and Odell Beckham is gone for the year. Are these signs they missed the playoffs? Trick or treat. Ooh, okay. Um, so Connor and I are on the full trick uh, end of the spectrum. Eric's about dead in the middle, and then Nate is actually on the treat side. Um, you know... I know Charlie Brown's canceled this year, but uh, the the Browns are still making the playoffs, guys. Um, there's just too much talent on the offense. They have a winning record. Um, and the AFC with the extra playoff spot, I think, is pretty easy for them to make it. Um, 
So I'm not really worried at all. That yeah, losing Odell Beckham's a big deal, but it's not like they don't have other offensive threats on their team. And uh they they just it just seems to be something different this year about the Browns. Um Connor, you're in agreement with me on that. Yeah. I think it's more so for me the fact that they a combination of they're already five and two. So like especially with that extra playoff spot, they would really have to collapse for something to go wrong. And I think the other thing for me is the fact that Odell Beckham wasn't really doing that well anyway this season. Like, I'm sure he was probably drawing, like, coverages and stuff, and that's why he wasn't getting as many catches. But he definitely wasn't, you know, the star of the team or, like, the heart of their offense. Um, And so I don't know if losing, like, they still have Jarvis Landry. They're going to be getting Nick Chubb back. And some of those, you know, other receivers really started to step up there at the end of that game against uh, the Bengals. Like, Peoples-Jones made a fantastic catch for mm-hmm. uh, the game-winning touchdown. So I think the Browns are okay. I mean, they're, and like I said, they've already, they're already five and two. So yeah. they would need a major collapse to uh, miss the playoffs th- this season. Yeah, so Connor and I feel pretty secure about the Browns making the playoffs. But Eric is right in the middle on this. Um, did... Uh, did the Odell Beckham injury cause you to be in the middle for this, Eric, or is it uh, Charlie Brown being canceled? <laughs> Charlie Brown. <laughs> um, it's definitely concerning. I mean i i have I haven't seen too much of Brown's football this year, but I have to feel like this with his name and with his skill set that he had to be drawing a lot of coverage away, that, which opened up other targets. Now I know like the guys that came in did pretty good last week. There were guys getting touchdowns that I didn't even know who they were really, but uh, that was against the Bengals. So, which a lot of people score a lot of points on them. So I'm going to have to, the reason why I'm in the middle is because I'm going to have to see, I want I really want to see how they do going forward over their next couple of games. I, I am definitely concerned for them, but especially, I mean, there is the extra playoff spot, but like their division's doing really well. Obviously, the Steelers and Ravens could be ahead, both be ahead of them. And then the, obviously, there's going to be the other division winners. And then the Raiders, while they got blown out by the Bucks, have been kind of good. Like there are, there are possible now that a lot of the rest of the AFC isn't that good though. But there are a lot of other possibilities that could prevent them from getting in. But right now, I've got them being somewhere between that like five to seven spot. So I think they'll be okay. But I am a little worried. So that's why I'm in the middle. Yeah, uh, Nate, you're pretty well on the treat side. I guess, do you watch uh, Charlie Brown like every other week or something? Is this, is this a freaking panic? Yeah. <laughs> the great pumpkin, yeah, I mean, Charlie Brown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just, um, we talked about going into the season in our preview episode. I just still have a hard time yeah. believing the Browns. Um, I know their schedule is not that hard, but uh, when they have played good teams in both the Ravens and the Steelers, they lost both games. Um, almost identically, it was thirty-eight to six versus the Ravens and thirty-eight to seven versus the Browns, and they almost gave up, you know, two games to the Bengals, almost gave up a game to the Cowboys. It's like, I don't know. I just think they they started out very well on offense, but um, I'm interested to see how they do without Odell, and um, I'm interested to see how many more times they can kind of get by teams the rest of the way. I think it'll be tough to get by, yeah, you know, the NFC North teams, and then, um, yeah, we'll we'll see. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I definitely, <laughs> I don't, I'm not saying they for sure won't, but I think a yeah. uh, collapse is um, definitely not out of the picture. I won't be surprised. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, so we've got one more. This is one of my favorite ones I came up with. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right, a murderous, evil clown named Antonio Brown has joined the Buccaneers. <laughs> Can Captain Brady keep him in line, or will he have to walk the plank? Trick or treat. Okay. Um, so is uh, is AB going to walk the plank? That's the big question here. Oh. <laughs> um, Wait, hold up. Yeah, the way that oh. was worded was kind of weird. I'm like... <laughs> no, I, sure. I think... I think um, like, like, was... If he's going to be clean, is that treat or is that trick? Um, if he's going to be clean, I'm going to put it on <laughs> over if here. He, okay, if he's going to be clean... Well, okay, so I've got it worded... Um, can he keep him in line? Okay, so I guess that means that that is the treat. So keeping him in line is the treat. Trick okay. is walk the plane. Moving it back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I'm in the middle on this one. A lot of we, a lot of people think he's going to walk the plank, uh, but I'm in the middle because I, you don't know with Antonio Brown, you really don't. But uh, to me, it seems like. I think there's a better chance now that he's going to be kept in line because he's going to be going to a very good team. And because um, I think Tom Brady is going to have an influence on him. Like last year, there was so much stuff when he was coming out of Oakland that just carried over really basically. And a lot of his actions in Oakland caused him to get uh, cut from the Patriots. And it was really, uh, it was really just a bad time for him, but Seems like now years passed. I'm gonna be willing to give him another chance with the Bucks. That's why I'm not like saying, "Oh, now the Bucks are screwed." But uh, definitely, it, it's Antonio Brown, so I'm not like gonna say it's not gonna happen. Um, so we'll <laughs> see what happens with him. But I'm I'm really in the middle on this one. Uh, let's hear from Nate next uh, about this. Yeah, kind of like what you're saying. I mean, the dude's forced his way out of um, the last three teams he's been on by being either a locker room cancer or <laughs> committing crimes. So, I mean, um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm not super confident that he's going to work out in Tampa Bay. He might not get kicked off the team or, you know, released or whatever. But uh, from his comments, it seems like Bruce Arians isn't going to have a whole lot of patience for him. I think this was mostly done um, on account of Tom Brady wanting it. So, I mean, I think he's going to have a short leash. And I would, I mean, I'm not expecting too much out of him down there. Okay. Yeah, for, uh, me, yeah. for me, it was kind of shocking that they even felt the need to bring him in. I mean, you've already got, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and you've got Gronk. And you, I mean, they've already got so many weapons down there. I don't really know why they felt like they needed to bring him in because to me, it's a big risk. As Nate said, he's been known to be a locker room cancer. And when my team's flying high, I've got a lot of weapons. I don't really understand why they made this move, to be honest. I, I don't think it's a good move. I don't necessarily think it's going to like hurt them going forward or anything, but I don't know. It just seems like a risk that isn't worth taking. You know, uh, The risk is not worth the reward, in my opinion. Yeah, and let's hear from Connor now to wrap yeah, this up. Yeah, yeah that was, it's definitely, to me, not a risk worth taking because, like Eric said, they've already got all the weapons. And, I mean, my main thing is that 
if John Gruden and Witch Belichick couldn't straighten Antonio Brown out, then Bruce Arians <laughs> is definitely not going to straighten Antonio Brown out. So um, I just don't see him, you know, and also, you know, if he was complaining about one wide receiver taking targets from him, now he's got two all pro wide receivers that are going to be taking targets from him. So uh, yeah, it's, not looking good. <laughs> it's going to, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how that happens. I think, um, I think probably because what Eric said, I feel like this was a lot, a team decision more than anything. I think like the team was like, if the team really didn't want Antonio Brown to be there, like Earl Thomas, he wouldn't be there. So I think the team is willing to give him a chance, but we'll see how it goes. It's going to be interesting for sure. Um, now let's take a look here. We we have the one game from this past week that we highlight and want to talk about. Now I'm not going to really be talking about the game. I'm just going to have a rant for the end. So I'll save my comments for last. <laughs> Um, uh, we'll start with Nate on this one. Seahawks and Cardinals is our game of the week. We all got it wrong picking Seattle. I contemplated taking Arizona. I thought it'd be close, but, um, Nate, what were your thoughts about this upset win for the Cardinals? Now a big division win for him. Yeah. I mean, that's like you said, big win for the Cardinals. I mean, I think that's, I think the Seahawks are still obviously in the driver's seat for the NFC, but I think concerns about their defense in this game uh definitely showed that i mean the cardinals have a good offense for sure they got a great um quarterback and receivers and all that but um 37 points there and that makes the um especially in light of what the pats did the way they look this week and they dropped what like 30 some points on them in week two so i mean i think um it's definitely a big statement that um the seahawks are, definitely have some weaknesses Okay, yeah. Um, let's hear now from Connor about is this uh like where where do you feel about Seattle and where do you feel about Arizona after this? I mean, out of everybody on the podcast, I was the first one to embrace Arizona as a playoff team, and I mean, I think I'm sticking with that because I kind of like you. I was contemplating taking Arizona, so like this loss wasn't entirely surprising to me. It wasn't one of those things like, whoa, like Arizona's beating Seattle, what? <laughs> but um. It's, I mean, like I said, I, I think they're a playoff team for sure. And yeah, very concerning about Seattle's defense because it's one of those things that, you know, it's never when you're losing a game when you're putting up 34 points. Like you would think that that would be enough to win you a game most of the time. But um, I mean, they're kind of showing signs of being the Cowboys defense in a way. But I mean, I, I will cut them some slack for this game because Arizona does have a really good offense. Like Kyler Murray's really stepped up in his second season. And I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is still like probably a top three wide receiver in the league. So um, I don't blame them too much for giving him up to Arizona. But definitely if we start seeing them like giving up points like this to like San Francisco and um, I don't know who else they play, but you know, some of the, if they were playing someone like Detroit or um, like Minnesota and they were giving up points like this, then yeah, I'd be more concerned. So, and I guess one last note about Cliff Kingsbury is that uh, I think the NFL needs to, uh, I'm surprised I haven't heard anything about the NFL, like finding him or suspending him yet. Cause I saw probably a good, like, you know, five or 10 minutes combined of him not wearing his mask on the <laughs> sidelines. So um, I think the NFL needs to take a look at that. <laughs> yeah. Write him a letter, Connor. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Eric, before we, before we get to my rant, uh, what were your thoughts for uh, both teams on this? Yeah, I mean, same as the other guys. Uh, definitely some concerns for Seattle's defense. And I also 
had a little bit of a concern for Russell Wilson in this game, too, because of the three interceptions. Uh, and if I had to hear the NBC commentators one more time, just like goozing themselves over DK Metcalf running so fast <laughs> to make that tackle, like that was a great play and everything about that. But my God, dude, like they replayed that a hundred times and it's all oh, DK Metcalf tackle, DK Metcalf fast. So, okay, <laughs> who cares? But, uh, like, yeah, that was one play. That's great. But this over saturation of that was really killing me. But, but it was concerning for me to see Russell Wilson throw three interceptions like that. And a couple of them were just really bad decisions, but he's been having a fantastic year though. So I'm not, I'm not worried about him in the long run. Uh, their defense is definitely uh, concerning though, going forward, but they've had some okay games, I guess. Like they're definitely not Cowboys defense bad, but they're definitely showing that they're not good right now. So they are going to need to step it up. I give the Cardinals a lot of credit for fighting back when they because they were down by ten with just a little over two minutes left and came back to force overtime. So uh, kudos to them. I'm cool with the Cardinals, but uh, I'm definitely curious as to what Zach's about to rant about here. So I'm going to let Zach take it away now. Yeah, yeah. So um, I've ranted about situations like this before in the podcast. We all have our things that uh, like tick us off um, like the, Connor, like the jag like the jaguars ticking off eric <laughs> yeah jaguars and ticking off eric eric's also one of the he's like a gm basically he he doesn't like bad trades he'll call out bad trades connor oh, yeah. you're uh you're real critical of referees you always say like oh they missed a call here they missed a call there connor definitely pays attention to the refs uh nate i'm not sure but i feel like you've got some stuff that you're also critical about when it comes to football but for me it's clock management. And, and mm. the, this is one of the biggest responsibilities of the head coach is to make sure, okay, the time is this, the down and distance is this, the scoreboard is this. What do I do in these situations? And it just baffles me week after week. You see this all the time, just mess ups by these coaches, either taking timeouts too early, not taking, not using their timeouts, uh, play calls, decision-making to go for it or not go for it and field goals and stuff. It's just all every time it's just there's something here, something there just pisses me off. But what happened in this game was just so egregious that I had to just pick this as the game of the week and rant about it. And for people who didn't watch it, it was in overtime. There was about four and a half minutes left and Arizona had the ball. They were um, starting to get in the field goal range. And then on like a second and 15 with four minutes left, they decide to kick a field goal. And there's just, there, there's so many reasons why this is bad. Number one, the time left on the clock. Okay, there's still over, there's like three minutes left in the game. At the very least, run plays where you just kneel down to make Seattle use their timeouts so that in case you miss the field goal, now Seattle ended up screwing themselves over with the interception, but, um, so it didn't cost them in this game, but the fact that Arizona left Seattle with time on the clock and didn't make them use their timeouts um, just in case they missed the field goal is just a bad decision there. You make them use their timeouts so that way, okay, if we miss it, hopefully it's more likely to go to a tie because Seattle's going to have less time. So not draining the clock there was just a bad decision on, my, on their end. Just poor coaching that's just like, oh, 
let's just let's just win like, right now. Like you got to think about the consequences when it comes to field goals. And then second of all, kicking the field goal on was it second down? Like my God, dude, they had two more plays where they could have ran to get possible yards. And it's not like this field goal was a chip shot. It ended up being a 45 yarder, I think. And uh, they actually had to call a timeout before the field goal because they almost got a delay of game. If they had gotten a delay of game, I think my head would have exploded. Like that's how, that's how egregious this whole sequence was (laughs) Um, just terrible. And here's the thing about this too, is, I remember stuff like this. So it says Arizona wins 37-34. You think, oh, good job, Arizona. No, in my power rankings, I'm not saying good job, Arizona. I'm saying Arizona should have lost this game with the way that they managed the clock at the end. So to me, that sets up a situation down the line where I think, okay, Arizona's probably going to mess this up. So I just don't have faith in Arizona in these pressure situations because they absolutely deserve to lose this game. Heck, if uh, if that guy doesn't have the offensive uh, block in the back or holding there on offense, um, Seattle wins the game. So Arizona wins, but they got very lucky to win this, and they really should have lost it with the way they managed the situation. Um, just rookie mistakes, and I don't know what the reasoning was. I I don't know what it was, but whatever excuse he made up is going to be a bad excuse because that was poor and pathetic. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, well, what, was, what was crazy too is when they they would have had a 36 yard field goal, but then I guess they wanted to get the ball on the left hash mark for the kicker. But the play they did to move the ball over to the left hash mark, they lost five yards on. Yeah, that was. Like, I don't know. I, I, that I, that I, was I think that was. I think that was more of a busted play, honestly. Yeah, I think. It, yeah, and I think like I remember I was listening to the commentators and they said something like basically. Like, they ran that. Like, Kyler Murray was, like, I think he was supposed to hand it off, but, like, the running back didn't get the memo, so Murray just got tackled for, like, a five-yard loss. And then, like, apparently, according to the commentators, you know, and maybe, like, going through Cliff Kingsbury's head, he's thinking, man, like, I don't need to lose more yards and make this a longer field goal, so let's go ahead and kick it now. It's, like, what kind of a thought process is that? Like, if you, like, I would rather lose yards in that situation, like, trying to get, like, like, get it further and, like, run the clock down than, like, you know, on second down, like Zach said, kick a 41-yard field goal. And like Zach said, it wasn't like it was a 24-yarder that, like, if he misses this, this guy's going to be out of a job. Like, you know, it's not an easy field goal. So No, and then – and then, <laughs> Yeah, go ahead. And then also, too, the way they managed it at the end, like, they almost got a delayed game because they didn't – like, they didn't even know what they were doing. Like – well yeah, well, well, yeah, they made it, but then they had to call that timeout. <laughs> so, like, it's yeah. like we're going back to the whole uh, Jason Garrett icing Dan Bailey in that one. I know like, it wasn't. It, that wasn't like a oddly enough. Ice, but... Oddly enough, the Cardinals were in, involved in that game too. <laughs> okay, what were you about to say there, Eric? I was just going to say before we go to the next segment. I mean, I know Zach in the past has endorsed, you know, teams to hire Connor to be like Giannis's agent and stuff like that. Well, if there's any NFL executives listening to this, hire Zach Conger to be your time management expert. He will (laughs) consult with your coaches. (laughs) He will have you be prepared for what to do in any given situation. Hire this man already. Thank you, Eric. Have y'all learned nothing from his time? Yes. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think, especially we're um, especially looking at you, Vic Fangio. I was about to say. I was about to say. I don't even need to send an application to Denver. They should just hire me on the spot. Yeah, um, <laughs> the resume is all right here. Thanks, thanks for that uh, compliment there, Eric. Now I feel a little bit worse for what I did to you coming up, but uh, <laughs> right. you could take it back. <laughs> yeah. All right. So getting to the lockboard now. Uh, new background on the YouTube for this, but um. Before we get to the results, I had to make this meme, and it's really a combination of the last couple weeks uh, for Eric's sake, but if you're, I'm going to post this on Twitter, actually, too, so um, not watching on YouTube. Bro, bro. To see Thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah I know, Eric. <laughs> damn, dude. I, I have to post it on Twitter, though, for everybody to see, but for people who don't know, this is the uh, Three Dragons meme with Nate and Connor looking as like the scary, tough dragons. Then we got Eric, like, with his tongue sticking out and his eyes going crisscross. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I had to make this just because of Eric's lockboard performance. Um, Eric, I know you didn't take too kindly when you first saw this. Uh, no, I did not. But, you know. We've had some serious uh, shots fired over the past yeah. few episodes when it comes <laughs> to the lockboard. Like, man. I will, I will have to admit that, obviously... I'm not doing too good on the logboard right now, but if we want to fire some shots, I know we don't talk about either of these on the podcast, but in the NFL weekly picks, I am ahead of Zach by 15 games. <laughs> and in our Clutch Crew Sports Fantasy Football League, Doc and Connor's teams were so bad that they just traded for players from their favorite teams so that they could have fantasy Jaguars and Steelers teams because they know they're not making the playoffs. Well, because you also have to realize that this is a league where half the league has already given up. So if you don't make the playoffs at this point, that'd be pretty sad because like six of the 14 teams aren't even playing. So, Well, that kind of, I guess that kind of hurts y'all even more though because you gave up when other people already gave up. So, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Meanwhile... Yeah. That's, that's, that's okay that's, that's okay in the conger family fantasy league which is the one that really matters i'm undefeated and eric just <laughs> and eric just took a big l this week so <laughs> oh. well, yeah that's the thing but people this is clutch crew sports so. <laughs> <laughs> damn guys connor, connor said our league doesn't matter guys <laughs> the, shots, the shots have been fired damn. in my life. i made look, uh, i mean i look i mean you have to admit i had to when when I saw this slide and I knew this was going to be in the episode, I had to come up with a defense. I know. Hey, I, I, I'm not just going to take it, you know. <laughs> Eric's not going to lay over and take it. I'm not just going to roll over and die. Like I had to, <laughs> had to do something. <laughs> hey, the the best thing for you to do, Eric, is is prove me wrong here and have a perfect lockboard. So you have that opportunity. You're picking. That. Yeah, because because actually coming back to that the meme, it was about the lockboard originally. It wasn't about yeah. the other stuff. <laughs> um. But here, uh, here's the results from the lockboard. Uh, Nate, congrats to you for picking the score of the Steelers and Titans right. That was pretty, pretty crazy. That, uh, <laughs> that, that helped you become a dragon this week. <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> Zach's name would have been on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Connor had the best week of everybody getting eight points total with his picks. So, Connor, go over the points that got you eight points, and uh, and then we'll yeah. get going. Yeah, obviously I uh, underestimated the Titans when it came to the uh, Steelers game because I got the Steelers score almost right, but I uh, 
was off by 10 on the Titans. So, and then obviously that Raiders Buccaneers game didn't work out for me. The Raiders were in it at the beginning, like kind of around halftime, but after halftime, the Buccaneers ran away, but um, definitely the San Francisco over New England, that was definitely my most confident pick. And I mean, I'm not going to say that I, I mean, I knew San Francisco in my head. I thought they were going to win, but I had no clue they were going to blow out New England. Like they did, especially at Gillette stadium, like, ouch, 33 to six. I don't mm-hmm. think the, Gillette faithful have seen a game like that in probably the last 20 years. So um, not good. And then I also have to give a big thank you to Zach for sniping that Pittsburgh over Notre Dame game for me. Cause that turned out to be an awful pick. So it lended, it lended me to getting five points from Wake Forest over Virginia tech. Um, I didn't really pick that for any reason more than I just like had a feeling about it. And I wanted a five pointer. I was yeah. like, this seems like the most likely five pointer left. Cause like, I know, which it turned out to be because we all saw how Tennessee and Alabama went. Yeah. And I don't I don't remember what the other one was, but I don't think that one worked out either. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm pretty no. happy. And I'm happy that, uh, you know, I'm back in the lead. I, I mean, I know we had the Dragons for, like, Eric not doing good. But, you know, I'm, I would say I'd be very disappointed in myself if I wasn't at least first or second in something that was basically created, like, from something that I do. So, <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so looking at the total standings now, like Connor alluded to, Connor's now in first place. We have another new first place person. It's been yeah, flip-flopping. How many, how many times we've swapped the lead at least, like, three or four times yeah. at this point? <laughs> yeah, we, we've been flip-flopping a lot. Uh, so I'm in second now. I'm down by three points with 35 uh, Eric's in third with 23, and uh, Nate is in last, 20 points behind first place. Uh, but you did gain ground, Nate, this week, so you're catching the Eric in third. Um, so we have a new lockboard week. Eric, with all the jokes that have been made about you, man, you get to rewrite <laughs> history here at this first pick. Uh, nobody to blame but yourself on this one if you get it wrong. Yeah, yeah, you're right on that. You're right on that. <laughs> uh, uh... Yeah, okay. so when I looked at the block board this week, uh, I didn't see too many five-pointers that stuck out to me where I felt really confident in. So I'm going to start with a three-point game, and I'm going to go to the college side and take uh, Kansas State to beat West Virginia. You sure you don't want to take that uh, Jets over KC 20-point like <laughs> spread? <laughs> Well, I thought about picking that one if we could come up with a condition that I get 20 points if I get it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm avoiding that game like the plague, so. (laughs) All right. All right. Zach. Uh, This Connor said that other week, like picking in the top two wasn't normal for him. It's not normal for me either. Um, (laughs) Yeah, you know, again, like you said, yeah, not much to blame on yourself. At least when you're picking uh, last, you can blame snipes on other people like (laughs) I gotta get my I gotta get points in this first round here. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Atlanta over Carolina on a Thursday night. Seems like a pretty good three pretty good yep. a pick'em game really. Yeah, basically. So I know I know those uh young cats like the birds, but uh <laughs> hopefully hopefully that changes. Sorry, uh sorry all the Panthers fans now that hate me. <laughs> Okay, Nate, you're uh, picking third here. Uh, hopefully, we uh, haven't stolen all your picks yet. But <laughs> uh, Nate, Nate seems to be having issues. Oh, there you go. Can you guys hear me? 
Okay. Yes, yeah. sir. John, okay. I was muted. Um, uh, yeah. Hopefully, this one is an AS night for somebody, but I'm gonna go uh, Pittsburgh over Baltimore here. I'm I, was, I was thinking about that, that were... one. Not gonna lie, I was thinking about that. <laughs> yeah, I figured I would be eyeballing that. <laughs> that wasn't my first pick, though. So. Um, okay. <laughs> Yeah, not quite a snipe. I would. I was hoping to get that in later rounds, but um, I think for this one, I think this one is this is one I was looking at at the beginning that I wanted to get because I think it's fairly likely, especially with the uh, injury to Odell Beckham Jr. I'm going to take the Raiders to beat the Browns. Yep. Oh, All yeah. right. So it looks like uh, three pointers really stealing the show in round one. Uh, back over to Eric now to start the second round. Yeah, I was definitely looking at that Raiders over Browns game. I didn't want to pick it first, but I thought I could get it in the second round, but that didn't happen. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to go to the NFL this time, and I'm taking another three-pointer here, and I'm going to take the Lions to beat the Colts. Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! <laughs> oh! oh. Ouch. <laughs> that looked like an obvious snipe. <laughs> yeah yeah it was <laughs> um dang eric took uh took that away from me now i gotta reassess what i'm doing yeah um, i will say while you're thinking i guess i i feel like the lions have a good chance they i mean the jaguars aren't good but they blew us out and they had that hard fought comeback win over atlanta and i just don't trust philip rivers so i i'm picking the lions here yeah well the, the lions are at home too so <laughs> i don't care about that I, but <laughs> I, I, that, that with like 18 people in the crowd i the crowd you still gotta travel up. though that, that, i think that's yeah. my thing when it comes to the home and away games like the crowd's obviously not a factor but you do still have to travel yeah i gotta go through <laughs> airports and all that stuff um all right so i'm gonna go to college now uh already in college but i'm, I'm going to another college and i'm gonna go <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Texas to beat Oklahoma State. Ooh. Um, would be an upset for sure. Three point play there, but I I just think Oklahoma State really hasn't played anybody yet, and I think I think Texas gets a surprise win here. They really desperately need it. So mm. <clears throat> Nate, pick number two. Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> I've been doing some thinking about this one. Um, there's a few spots that I kind of want to go. Um, I think I'm gonna go to college, and it's gonna be a little bit of upset. Uh, not quite sure how it's gonna turn out, but I think I'm gonna take Memphis over Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Big, uh, I think that's American a bold conference. one right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not <laughs> not super sure about it, but um, the AAC's been pretty weird this year, so yeah, I think true. anything can happen in one of those games. Definitely. I know where I'm going for my next pick, and I was I was hoping when I saw this that this was actually going to be a, a larger spread. Um, so unfortunately, it's only worth three points rather than five points. But I'm going to take the Cincinnati Bengals to beat the Tennessee Titans. Yeah. Whoa. I, Cincinnati, <laughs> man, they're in almost every game. Like, I know. I That's the thing about Cincinnati is that they are only like one four and one, but they're definitely like I mean they're kind of like the Chargers, like. Yeah. They've almost won a bunch of close games. Like they're a lot better than people think they are. I concur. Um, Eric's gonna be your last pick here for the third round. All right. Normally, I like to try to 
get a safe pick and guarantee that I at least for sure will get something. But I feel like I'm too far behind right now to do that. So I am going to do another college one, basically doing a pick em game here. But I'm going to take Baylor over TCU. Dang it. I was looking at that one for my last pick. <laughs> Dang, two Eric sniped two Not tonight. Quite as well, that, that, snipe as yeah, no, that, was, yeah. that wasn't the huge one, but I was definitely looking at that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's funny. Eric just went on the whole thing like, oh, I usually take a safe one, but I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to be the complete opposite. I usually don't take a safe one, but now I am, and I'm going to take the safest one I've seen all season <laughs> in the NFL. I'm gonna take Uh-oh. Kansas, uh, <laughs> Kansas City Chiefs to uh, beat the New York Jets. Look Are it. you crazy? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of a pick is that, Zach? Yeah, Same. so you can you can already pencil in one for my score, basically. <laughs> yeah. that, 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 that's that's gonna that's like, geez, Zach, that pick is gonna earn you a uh, a spot on the Dopey Dragon if you get that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Nate's gonna be your third pick here. All right, so looking back over the uh, thing real quick, see was taken. The one I want is not on there, so I'm gonna go with it and go back to the NFL. And I'm gonna take uh, the upset and go Dallas over um, Philadelphia. Ooh. Kind of a bold, interesting. Pick, but Considering the, that I think Andy Dalton's gonna miss that game too. Yeah, so, I, I don't I was, know. I was, wasn't <laughs> wasn't totally sure about Nate, that. You want to you want to back out? <laughs> um, actually, that might be. <laughs> That might be a good I'll let you, I'll let you um, idea. Out. Yeah, I forgot that. Um, oh, I thought he was going to. I thought he was going to pull a uh, uh, last year with the Dallas oh. Oakland one, where he stuck, where he stuck with his pick. But I guess not. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm not that bold about the Cowboys. I don't think they <laughs> got it that good. But if Dallas wins now, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, all, right, yeah. all right, make make your real pick now. <laughs> yeah, my real pick. Um, I think. Um, and this one's probably not gonna be too much better, but I at least can, um, kind of <laughs> argue in support of it. But I'm gonna go two spots up and go. Oh, that's more than two spots. Sorry. Um, I'm gonna go a couple spots up and go Miami over, um, LA. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, th- I thought you were about to take Chicago over New Orleans there. For a second. <laughs> I was like, yeah, have you seen how badly Chicago's <laughs> losing right now? No, like... I've got that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, window and it's not looking pretty. <laughs> well, yeah. I will say Zach actually made my last pick quite a bit easier because, um, like I said, normally Zach does take an upset pick, so I was looking at more upsets. But since Zach decided to go with a safe pick, and we are so close in the standings, um, I am going to reverse course and do a state a safe pick, um, which I think I'm taking the safest college pick here by taking Michigan to beat Michigan State, especially after the way that Michigan State uh, lost to, of all teams, managed to lose to Rutgers. So if they lose to, if they end up beating Michigan, then uh, that's going to be the shock of the college football year for yeah. me so far. <laughs> yeah, and and normally my rule is I don't put college games that are greater than 20-point spreads, but since this is a rivalry, I thought, you know, it's probably going to be closer than the spread of 25 and a half. So I put... Um, that's why I, I included it, but yeah, it's uh, my opinion that would be the safest college pick of the week um, from our board of games to pick from. But there you go, guys. Uh, 
<clears throat> see how this turns out, and we'll see uh, see if we have a new winner of the week since that team seems to rotate a lot. Um, well, an interesting uh, note here. I think this is the first time since the beginning that we've had no five-point picks. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. None of the five-pointers have been taken this week, so that's... Well, there, was uh, o- there was only one NFL one. Yeah. It was a really bad right. one, so... <laughs> yep. All right, yeah, so now... Uh, now we're done talking about football for this episode. We're going to switch it over to basketball, go around the hoop. Um, so I mentioned at the end of last broadcast that uh, Eric is going to be rebuilding, retooling, uh, managing the, his favorite team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. So, Eric, I'll give you a chance to do that now. And then afterwards, Connor and I are going to co-GM the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, so the Oklahoma City Thunder in my opinion, are in probably one of the trickiest positions out of all the teams in the NBA because most teams are either really bad and so they're going to try to stockpile draft picks or they need to make a lot of big moves or something like that, or they're contenders and they're already pretty solid and they're going to keep who they have and just keep going on like that or maybe pick up a piece or something. But it's really tricky for the Thunder this offseason just because they were expected to be so bad last offseason and they ended up defying the expectations and ended up making the playoffs and almost won that first round series against the Rockets. So they definitely overachieve for sure. And then they've also, what also makes it tricky for them is they've also got a lot of contracts that are up and they've got to decide if they're going to keep certain players or trade certain players uh, that they might not have initially been planning on keeping. So they definitely have a lot of work to do. And plus, as far as I know, they haven't hired a coach yet, correct? Yeah, that's that's correct. As of yeah, now. Yeah, as of right now, as of monday night here they uh have not hired a coach yet so that obviously affects things going forward too because they need to get a coach and then figure out what the coach wants to do and what kind of players the coach wants to have around him so but i am going into this as if i were the thunder gm and what i would want to do so going into last offseason when we traded Russell Westbrook and got Chris Paul and when we traded Paul George and got Gilgis Alexander and Danilo Gallinari I for sure wanted Gallinari and Chris Paul off the team as soon as possible I was like okay we're just bringing these guys in because this is who we could get for trading away our all-stars but now can we turn these guys around and maybe get some draft picks or get somebody younger or something like that but Chris Paul and Gallinari both really impressed me last year. So Gallinari's contract is up. And as long as he's not commanding a ridiculous amount of money, I would love to bring him back. He is a little bit older, so I wouldn't want to sign him to a long-term deal or anything. But maybe like a two-year deal for a solid price. He definitely deserves to stay on the team. I'm very impressed with his three-point shooting. He's a really good stretch four uh, I, some of his offensive moves, I don't like his ball handling skills as much when he tries to drive or do things like that, but he's a great spot up shooter. He can stretch the floor for you. I would definitely love to have him back on the team. And as for Chris Paul, 
unless some team his contract is not up and he is owed like 40 million dollars or something like that his salary is ridiculous but he was a leader for this thunder team last year he showed a big difference you could tell that the leadership wasn't really there when russell westbrook and paul george were leading the show i mean obviously if you look at playoff piece performance in the last offs in the last playoffs you can tell he's not a leader and then russell westbrook he has a lot of heart and he's a high energy guy but i don't think he's a great leader chris paul led this team and that's why they were so much better last year than they were expected to be so personally unless a team offers me a king's ransom for chris paul i want to keep him as well now, a player that I did not think that I would want to see go, but I have changed my mind over watching this last season, is Steven Adams. I feel like the Thunder need to trade him. They're paying him. I don't know if they can get much for him, though, because of his high salary. Uh, let's see. I guess it's on the screen here. $25 yeah, million. $25 million annually. That is way too much money for a guy that pretty much all he does is rebound. I mean, he has no offensive game. His only offensive game is getting an offensive rebound and maybe getting a putback or getting, like, alley-oops or uh, something like that. Other than that, his offensive game is so limited. He's slow. I feel like he gets exposed on defense a lot. Uh, you know, he's good at guarding guys that try to maybe do post moves and stuff or something like that. But in today's NBA, that's just a type of offense you don't see very much anymore. His physical skill sets are not really designed for this current NBA. So I would love to trade him if possible. That would be one of my biggest priorities this off season. Uh, Andre Robertson's contract uh, is up. Goodbye. Uh, he was a big part of the Thunders team as a defensive star for a long time, but he's had a lot of injuries He's definitely nowhere near the same player that he once was. They were giving him $10 million a year, which was way too much. Uh, I, I don't want to see him on the team anymore. Um, Muscala, he is a player option. I don't know how much his player option is for. I'm not sure if it says that on here. I'm not seeing it on the screen, but... Uh, if it's a high amount of money, he's probably going to take that. But, I mean, he's okay, but he's nothing special to write home about. Uh, Nerlens Noel, though, I remember Connor and I, when we were co-GMing for the Knicks last week, we talked about maybe the Knicks bringing him in as a transitional piece to be a center for a year or two for them. But uh, as the Thunder's GM, like Gallinari, I would also want to keep him. I don't think he's going to command a high price. He's a great shot blocker. He's a little more agile and mobile than Steven Adams is. I mean, like Steven Adams, he doesn't have an offensive game. He's not going to scare anybody offensively. But we could keep him for a lot cheaper than it would be to keep paying Steven Adams to basically do the same thing. So I would love to keep Nerlens Noel. And as for the draft picks, uh for this year, our draft picks are both going to be pretty late in the first round. I don't, from my understanding, this draft class isn't super great. I don't know if maybe they could take the two picks and then move up to a higher spot and get somebody, or if they just stay there. Uh, I don't 
Unfortunately, I don't watch enough college basketball to really know who's coming into the drafts. So I can't fully decide what I would do with those draft picks. But basically, if I'm able to make all the moves that I would make, I would have, uh, I'd still have Chris Paul starting at the one. I'd have Shea starting at the two. And then uh, probably have Dort start at the three. I was really impressed with his defensive skill set on guarding James Harden last year in the playoffs. So I, he's somebody that, depending on what team I that what team that we're playing against, I'd basically have I wouldn't necessarily have him playing small forward, but depending on whoever the other team's best point guard, shooting guard, or small forward is, like that's who he's guarding. And then I would keep Gallinari. We would have a hole at the center position for now, but maybe we could get somebody in free agency or, you know, with that Steven Adams trade, maybe there's somebody out there that we can get. Uh, You know, it doesn't have to be anybody great, but just somebody that at least is a little bit more of an offensive threat than Steven Adams is. Um, So normally, you know, you obviously like Zach and Connor play Madden and 2K with me a lot. They know I tend to, blow up the rosters and stuff the thunder already did that last year and i actually like a lot of what they they have right now they're going to keep bringing in more you know rookies they have a ton of draft picks over the next few years and uh maybe shed a couple of these high salaries get some young keep getting younger guys in there and uh keep moving forward so guys what did you think of my oklahoma city thunder offseason strategy yeah i'll let i'll let connor go first with his thoughts yeah, I mean, I guess it's more so like, you know, obviously, I think I agree with getting rid of Steven Adams. Like, I saw him do like absolutely nothing when I watched them in the bubble at all. So, yeah, at least the fact that you're paying him $25 million um, <clears throat> to do nothing, like, I don't know if anybody would be willing to trade for him next season, but at least for their sake, like, his contract is up after next season. So then you can just be like, okay, like, if we can't get a trade partner, then worst case scenario, he's gone after you know, 2021, unless he's like willing to come back for a pay cut. Like if he were willing to take a serious pay cut, then I would bring him back. So I think he's a good, like, like leader and veteran presence on the team, but he'd have to take a serious pay cut. Um, And then also, I don't remember what you said about Schroeder, but like, I don't like Schroeder's contract at all. Like, I know he's a good player and all, but I don't think he's worth $18 million. So um, I don't know if you said anything about. No, I, I didn't. I, I didn't think. I didn't think to mention him. His is a little bit of a tricky thing because I definitely am agree, in agreement with you that I don't love his contract either. But him and Shay and Chris Paul just have this unique chemistry where they play really well together. The Thunder oftentimes, when they want to go to more of a small ball lineup, will have all three of them on the court at the same time. And they play really well together, or even if they're not all three on the same or on three on the court at the same time, they rotate where like Chris and Shea will be in, and then like Chris will go out and Schroeder will come in. And then when Shea comes out, Chris Paul comes back in and they rotate to keep each other fresh. So unless they're able to get another young guard that they feel like would be serviceable, I would be okay with keeping him for another year. But like I, I do agree with you though that his contract is not good. So if they could dump the contract i would be okay with that but i do still feel like the thunder are a team that could win now they are capable of that so i don't want to necessarily just give people away because i feel like they're being paid too much right if i'm gonna get rid of them i'd have to like i basically i guess what i'm saying is if i was going to get rid of them i wouldn't want like 
future draft picks or something like that. Like I would want somebody that could help me win now. So if I could right, get right. that, well, that well, that's, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, that's why I was saying about how like you know they're still around for like you know worst case scenario like you know their contract is up after a year. So it's not like you know those are long-term deals that are going to be hampering you for a long time. So um, sure. but other than that, I mean, I, I agree like, you know, with the bringing Gallinari back as long as he takes a pay cut. And then, you know, like I said, I don't even, if, I, I think even if the Thunder wanted to get rid of Chris Paul, I don't think they would be able to. So um, like, I mean, well, he's obviously I, these are just rumors, but uh, of course people like to spread mm-hmm. rumors and, I'm already hearing tons of rumors about where Chris Paul is going to go and he's probably not going to be in OKC and all this stuff. But I mean, like I said, unless a team was offering me the Kings rent, one of those teams, ironically enough that I've heard him going to was the Lakers. I'm like, Mike, you just won a championship. Do you really need to trade for Chris Paul? <laughs> I don't even yeah. The Lakers have anybody that, that they could give up that the Thunder, because obviously they're not getting rid of LeBron or AD. I mean, who else do they have there? The Thunder would be like, yeah, we'll give up our leader and our best player for that. You know? For Danny yeah, Green. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Danny Green, baby, three-pointer. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. Yeah, I'll let Zach talk. Okay. See, yeah, this is interesting, um, what Eric's, all the stuff Eric said. Now, I am a Trailblazers fan, so some might say I'm trying to sabotage here, but I would do Imposter. things a little bit... <laughs> I would do things a little bit differently. I uh, there's a lot of decisions I would do differently, and um, the Chris Paul one, I would look to trade him just because I think right now you can get the most possible value in a trade with him. I think um, I think he, he with his age and everything, age and contract, like there would never be a better time to trade him than now. Like if they traded him before he played for them last year, they would have got nothing. But now I think they can actually get something. And I think it'd be better for them to trade him a year early than a year late and really let Shea and Dennis hold down the point. Um, Steven Adams, Eric, this isn't Madden. Um, Nobody's going to trade for him, in my opinion. As much as uh, it would be good for them to trade him, I don't think that's going to happen. But if it was just you, I would, yeah, definitely try and trade him at all costs. and then Gallinari, also with his age, is another one I probably wouldn't want to bring back because he played good this year. So the chances of him taking a pay cut, I think, are pretty low. There's going to be other teams, I think, that are going to pay him a lot of money. And I don't think the Thunder need to get in a bidding war with him with his age. So Gallinari is one where I probably wouldn't end up bringing back. You'd want to, but with the age and the play like he had with Chris Paul, I think it's going to be... Uh, a little bit too costly for him. And then with all the first round picks, there's a screenshot here of like 10 or 12 for the next five years. Um, That's too many. In my opinion, they're going to have to do some trading uh, in some years, either trading up, packing picks up to move up in the draft or using those picks to trade for players, because that's just way too many picks to have for the first round. I mean, I know you can say like, Oh, you never can have too many first round picks, but I mean, yeah, you won't even be able to have all these people on your team in 2025 if they all are good. So I don't know. It's just to me, they, these picks are nice to have definitely, but they need to be trading up in the first round or using them to trade for players. I think there's only so many draft picks you can have. You need to start actually getting some good yeah, players. I definitely, I definitely don't disagree with that part. Yeah. I guess the reason why I didn't mention it because it's, 
it's too hard to be able yeah. to say really what specific yeah yeah. Could aim but, to yeah with them but yeah i definitely i definitely don't disagree with you with that and and, and i do agree too about gallinari i mean if some team comes out and offers him like 30 million dollars like okay you can go to that team like mm-hmm. uh goodbye yeah like like you're a great player but goodbye like you know, like, <laughs> definitely no <laughs> that's a Thing. that's why like i said i kind of prefaced this in the beginning because it's so hard to say with this team because depending on you know what they could do they could still have a chance to win this year like do you go yeah. for the win do you go for the win it's the now? west though man like... yeah they are yeah they, especially with the warriors coming back too with steph and clay coming back i mean that that's going to make it even more difficult than it already was and if the lakers bring in another piece or something mm-hmm. then so yeah i mean I I'm what RGM though I will say has, uh Sam Presti I believe his name is like mm-hmm. he's done an amazing job acquiring talent and getting value for trades and even signing like when Paul George signed his massive contract extension like he even did a slightly team friendly deal in there and so they, he's very good so whatever he does I'm unless he just outs the whole team like if he trades like Shea for nothing or something then I'm gonna panic but yeah, yeah. uh but I trust what he does like whether mm-hmm. he wants to rebuild for the future and get rid of the veterans or if he wants to try to win now and make a push yeah. like I'm gonna trust whatever he does but all right that's a, they're, they're a hard spot but yeah I'll let you guys take over for the yeah yep. now <laughs> so uh going going down south here a little bit to San Antonio near uh Eric's uh homeland right now Homeland uh, of this... Victoria, Texas. Shout out <laughs> <to> Victoria. <laughs> uh, this is an interesting team that Connor and I have to rebuild. I'll I'll kind of just run through who they've got and, and the decisions that need to be made. Then Connor and I will will uh, team up and do these decisions. But um, Demar Derozan um, has a player option. He probably will take it, um, and then he will be having an expiring contract. And then they've got DeJounte Murray, young point guard locked up long-term. LaMarcus Aldridge has one more year left. Patty Mills has one more year left. He's getting up there in age. Uh, Rudy Gay also has one year left. Uh, Trey Lyles, one year left. Derek White, one year left. And Lonnie Walker, two years. So um, those are the main points on the Spurs. Uh, Yak and Pirtles are restricted free agent. I think they probably end up bringing Pirtle back um, uh, just for center. I think he's their starting center, actually. So Pirtle's been good. <laughs> Pirtle's been pretty good for him, so I think they bring him back. The rest of the unrestricted free agents, I don't think there's any need to bring any of them back. No, they, they can all go. Yeah. <laughs> so that, <laughs> By the way, those names are Marco Bellinelli. Bryn Forbes and Tyler Zeller. Yes, so, they, they can go. Yeah. I mean, really, the, the biggest thing that's hampering the Spurs right now is age. Like, they just have yeah. such an old team. I mean, like, if you look at their starting lineup, even, I mean, I know, like, obviously, Tajonte Murray is young, Podol's young, but then you got, you know, 34 year old Rudy Gay playing small forward, and you got Aldridge is 35 as their four, and then their two is DeRozan. Like, he's still good, but he's, like, 31. So it's like, this is definitely a um, a very, very old team that is not getting any younger, unfortunately. Oh, certainly. Certainly. And that's the thing is that I think the Spurs are going to have to go in a full-on rebuild, and I don't think that's a bad thing for them because Eric was talking about the GM of the Thunder. The GM of the Spurs has also been really good drafting players. He's 
been consistent along with pop for this team. Uh, so I trust the Spurs with their draft picks. They always seem to get second round guys that end up being really good. But like you said, the biggest problem is age. And so we'll, we'll start with the biggest question. Like DeMar DeRozan probably accepts the player. Op- Let's assume he does the player option and plays this year oh, out. Yeah, I would think he would. Yeah. I don't think they want to bring him back. Right, like no, I mean, I I would say like honestly, I agree with the whole full on rebuild. Like I would say, mm-hmm. DeRozan, Aldridge, Mills, and Gay. I say they're yeah. all gone. Like after next season, yeah. Because yeah. I mean, unless one of them, I mean, like you know, unless they are willing to take a massive pay cut, but it would have to be a massive. Pay and cut. Aldridge is the only one still producing out of those guys. Like. Right. So that's why it's just like, I think they all go. Cause like mm-hmm. Aldridge, I mean like he might still produce somewhere else, but like, you know, he's going to be 37 years old by the yeah. time 2022 comes around. And it's like, you're just not, I mean, in order to uh, quote some of the announcers and how Eric gets mad at them all the time, not everyone can be like LeBron James and they're, you know, when they're 38 years old or whatever, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. So, I know, um, I know this isn't going to be the flashy thing either, but I don't think they really need to go out in free agency and do a whole lot just because that's not been their history. They, I mean, they brought in Aldridge, oh. but their history is drafting and developing and they have a lot of the guys uh, like Derek White, Lonnie Walker's 21, Pirtle's 24 they got in that Toronto trade, Murray's 24. Like They have some uh, 25 and under guys that I think need to start getting more minutes and really start to uh, be the focal point of this team moving forward, and then whatever they end up drafting and, and adding on. Do you agree with me, or do you think? Yeah, that I mean, well, it's it's yeah. Well, I mean, and it's definitely like a combination of the fact that like another reason why I don't think they should go on free agency is because like in their heads they have to know that like they're not gonna. I mean, obviously you want to compete and everything, but they have to know that they're not going to be competing for an NBA championship. I mean, they they didn't even make the playoffs this year, so it's one of those things that. And also the free agent class is pretty terrible this season. So it's like you don't want to shell out any money for yeah. someone because like no one you get, in my opinion, is really going to be that piece that turns you around. So I agree with like getting all the draft picks. And I think an important I think an important thing for the Spurs, honestly, is I mean, I know Greg Popovich has, you know, he's one of those coaches like he's earned the right to, you know, stay with the team when, until he retires. But Honestly, like I think him retiring would be good for the team. Like mm-hmm. it's, I think it's time for them to have a fresh face in there to bring up the younger guys and you know just let the. I mean, there's been talk that he's going to pass it on to Tim Duncan. Like you know, just have a new coach in there, a new face for the team. Yeah. Because Pop has been there for so long now that it's just like you know, That's... It, 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 it would it would fit with the theme, right? The theme of a rebuild. I don't know. If Pop, I don't know. I don't know if Pop has a rebuild in him, honestly. <laughs> no, Pop is. I mean, this is like the witch Belichick thing. Like, this is a lot of similarities here. Um, <laughs> I I really think, and it seems like Pop has one foot out the door. Like it, hit. Like, I think I remember hearing something where he said he promised Duncan that he would retire with Duncan, and then he didn't. So I, but I don't think there's going to be. Um, I don't think Pop's going to last probably maybe this season and then that'll be it for him. But the age gap is just so big now with him and these young players. Like that's a that's a real thing in the NBA, especially you have to have good relationships with your players and people respect Pop for what he's done. But 
Um, it's kind of hard when you have such an old man coaching uh, a team that's gets needing to get younger. And so that brings the real question is, who's going to replace Pop? Is it going to be um, somebody outside the organization? Is it going to be Tim Duncan, who was an assistant this year? Or is it going to be Becky Hammond, who is pictured here in this picture with Pop and Tim Duncan in the middle there? She's been with the Spurs a long time and um, been like their go-to coach if Pop got like ejected or had a health uh, problem where he couldn't coach. Like she's coached in NBA games before, I believe, as the head coach. So mm-hmm. um, I, obviously this would be like history if she became the first female head coach here. But um, to me, it seems like uh, Pop wants Duncan to be the head coach, but I don't think Duncan's going to make a head coach because honestly, I don't even know what his voice sounds like. He's that quiet of a guy and you need a coach to be a vocal leader. Um, and sometimes too, the better players don't make the good as good of a head coaches. I feel like that's going to be the case with Duncan. I feel like Duncan's style of leadership is not built to be a head coach. I think it's built really more to be an assistant coach kind of out of the limelight like he he was never he was never a focal point of the league he was always one of the best players but it was always kobe lebron Shaq. you know those are the big names you see in tv but you never really saw duncan and so i think he's more fit to be an assistant coach and i think becky hammond actually i would want to see her be the head coach she's had so many years being under pop it just seems like the natural thing to do to be his successor and I don't think they need to go outside the organization because they have so many assistant coaches that end up being successful head coaches outside of San Antonio. A lot of great coaches have left San Antonio and done great things for other teams. So I think they hire within. And, and if I were them, I'd, I'd uh, hire Becky to be a head coach. But what do you think, uh, Connor, about Tim as possible? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely agree that, like, you know, I've seen what you've seen. I remember, I mean, I used to, when I was watching Kobe play, I used to watch Spurs games and it, like, you know, cause they were on TV and it's just like, I know. Yeah. He was never that vocal on court leader. Like, you know, he was never going to be like a Chris Paul or, a, yeah. um, or I'm trying or like a Kobe Bryant or a LeBron James or yeah. someone like that. Like he was never the, the vocal on court leader. He was always like, he was the, he was the Spurs best player for yeah. a long time, like you said. But I mean, I feel like the leadership kind of fell to, I mean, r- really, honestly, I think it was Pop. Yeah. Because Tony, Tony Parker and Manu Ginobili weren't very vocal leaders either. So um, it was definitely Pop that was leading the team. And um, definitely seeing like someone who's been under him for so long. I mean, honestly, I feel like, too, that they almost, in a sense, for the, like I think it's the right move to hire Becky Hammond. But I almost feel like in a way that there's pressure on them probably to hire Becky Hammond because – yeah. I feel like it's going to be a situation where if they don't, then there's going to be a lot of outcry about them being like, well, the only reason why they're not hiring her is because she's a woman mm-hmm. because like she deserves the job. She has proven herself. Like you said, she's like their backup coach whenever pop wasn't there. So it's not like she, you know, has only been on the staff for a year yeah. and doesn't have any experience. So I think it would be the right move for her. And she knows all these players too. You know, yep. she's been around the organization a lot longer. I mean, Tim Duncan, you know, he's obviously maintained a close friendship with Greg Popovich, but he hasn't been around these players and, you know, seen their development like Becky Hammond has. Like, she's seen DeJounte Murray develop. She's seen, you know, 
what's been going on with Derek. Well, White he was a teammate of some of these guys, but right. But it's yeah. like you know he he hasn't been like you know in the organization as like a as a management yeah. or a coaching role as long yeah. as she has. So, um, yeah, and I see no reason to go outside the organization because I mean. Why? I mean, who are you gonna get? You gonna hire Mike D'Antoni? Like, I'm sure that'll go great. <laughs> God, Spurs fans would, would hate that. I, I know. <laughs> I think but, anybody. I think anybody outside yeah. of Rockets fans and even but, them like yeah, would hate I, that. <laughs> I, I don't. I still don't mind keeping Tim Duncan as like an assistant coach because I think. Oh that's yeah, just, yeah, for sure. For just like man to man, like his just his game, knowledge of the game would be good. To right. Have. You know, he he can relate to them on a level of yeah. like you know I've been there. Like, I've been mm-hmm. in this situation in the game, especially for, like, you know, some of the big men, like, you know, if they're like Total yeah. and uh, Trey Lyles, he can really relate to them. Like, hey, you know, I've been in this position in the game. Like, this mm-hmm. is what this is like what you would want to do here. And they can help him out that way. Yeah, it's it's going to be. An, and I think and this is a, not really about the Spurs rebuild, but we never really talked about the Spurs in the podcast. So Spurs fans will enjoy this. But I mean, Popovich is really the reason that drove Kawhi out uh, just because his style of coaching doesn't work. Kawhi is like the prime example for why pop is not going to be good for them long-term is because just the way he treats superstars, um, you need to have a Tim Duncan to like, just follow everything the coach says and Kawhi didn't. And then they didn't get along. And that's the superstars of of today. You can't, you can't make them matter. Oh yeah. So, yeah, no, yeah, you're right. With like Kawhi Leonard and James Harden and LeBron and all mm-hmm. these guys, it's like you know, like you have to be with them. You have to meet yeah. them halfway. Because if you don't, then it's yeah, you're headed for disaster. Like yeah. the and and that's the thing. They can easily find another team to go to. It's not mm-hmm. like because I feel like that's kind of the difference between the NBA and the NFL. Like in the NFL, it's not as easy if you start yeah. getting into disagreements with the coach to go and find another team. And I think also in the NFL, it's different because like the head coach is really important and like one player doesn't have as much influence in the NFL as they do in the NBA. Whereas like one player can make all the difference sometimes in the NBA. So if you're pissing off your superstar, then Mm -hmm. like you're headed for disaster. Okay. So yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll wrap that part of the rebuild up now. So Eric, I know we didn't do too much work with this team here, but what were you, what'd you think of the coaching decision we went with and, uh, the player development and what the direction they're going to go in. Yeah, no, I, I think the coaching decision would be great. I mean, I wasn't too familiar with her before you guys started talking about her. Uh, but hearing everything you said, it sounds very impressive to me. And with her already having that familiarity with all of the players, I think the players would respect it. Cause I know obviously the first concern that at least the media would throw out there and spin and what all the casuals would say is, Oh, well, uh, why would you want to have a woman coach? But I, if they're knowledgeable and they have leadership qualities and everything like that, then I think it would be great. And I kind of like what Zach said too, about pop. I mean, his days are numbered, unfortunately. I mean, he's been an amazing coach, but if he can't relate to the players super well, then that could hurt them going forward. It could maybe hurt their ability to get a superstar in the future or something like Mm -hmm. that. But the Spurs are a team that I've always respected though, because I've always respected how they've been able to, for the most part, draft talent, develop that talent, and then turn that team into a winner. They're not a team that relies on 
big splashes in free agency or making huge trades or something like that. Kind of reminds me of a a team in the NFL that with a witch as their head coach. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of similarities between the Spurs and Patriots for sure. Yeah, for sure. And um, so, I mean, I'm definitely in agreement with you guys here. I mean, the older guys. They're definitely going to need to go when their contracts are up, or even if they can trade them beforehand uh, and at least maybe get a draft pick or even no matter what it is, get something in return, that would be good. And even DeMar DeRozan, like if he picks, assuming he picks up that player option, I would try to trade him too, honestly. Because uh, I don't even, the Spurs didn't really want him, I don't think. It was just more so Kawhi Leonard wanted out, so they just had to take the best thing they yeah. could get. And he was the best thing they could get. I don't really think they really wanted him so if they can get something for him i think they need to just admit though like i said the Bengals should have done last year which they didn't do just face it now <laughs> that you're gonna suck <laughs> and do like a do what i do in madden and just when your team isn't good and just accumulate as many draft picks as possible so that that way you can get and then and then make some ridiculous trade for an all-star player that would never that would never happen in real life (laughs) yeah obviously they're not gonna go to do like what i do in 2k or in madden or whatever because that stuff is very unrealistic uh i will admit but if they face the truth and realize okay we're not going to be good let's get as many draft picks let's get as many young guys as we can get they can become good sooner rather than later. So, and I mean, even if you look at the Thunder, everybody thought they were going to be so bad when they blew it up last year and they've accumulated so many draft picks and got players and all that. And they ended up still making the playoffs. So they ended up still being good, surprisingly. Yeah. So you never know what could happen. Like, but you know, you're not going to get anywhere with, you know, Rudy Gay and Patty Mills and, you know, you're, you're just not, DeMar DeRozan has, I mean, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but he's proved he's we always rib on Kyle Lowry all the time for going missing in the playoffs. Well, DeMar DeRozan is mm-hmm. just bad, if not worse, like, yeah. especially when they were both on the same team. It was like they both disappeared. Yeah. I so I you're not going to win with DeMar DeRozan, like make the trades, blow it up. And, you know, and then with as good as this team is, is at developing talent. Give yeah. them two or three years, and they'll be back in the they'll be back in the playoffs and dominate yep. like they used to. So there we go. Yep, yep. All right, guys, that's gonna wrap this episode up. Uh, hopefully, you enjoyed all the Halloween aspects to it. You know, I think I think this episode of Clutch Crew Sports and like Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are like the two best things of Halloween. So. <laughs> yeah, I might dis- yeah. I might disagree with you on one of those, but uh, <laughs> it better not be Reese's peanut butter cups. <laughs> <laughs> that that's for another day. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. Uh, all right, yeah. So uh, so yeah, thanks to everybody for listening and watching, and remember, be clutch. Bye. Peace.